Hi, and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoor and adventure. I'm your host, Ethan. I'm your crazy co-host, Will. And I'm your last co-host, Bing. Awesome. Uh, so today on this episode, we're going to be talking about gear, uh, what we like, what we don't like, um, the type of stuff that gets us to want to go out and do things, and those pieces of gear we've just kind of bought and end up sitting on a shelf somewhere. Oh man, this is uh, probably a good one because I know you have so much gear. I, I have a lot of gear. Um, some of it's super useful. Some of it, um, some of it I've never actually used so you know what i see you have gear in your pocket that you never use like you have a random knife in there that you carry all the time you're always a knife guy so <laughs> we'll get back to knives <laughs> okay uh, all right so um first off uh let's just talk about what some of our favorite pieces of gear are and why and actually i think um bing you bring up a good point uh one of my favorite pieces of gear are knives um cutting tools I find them super useful when you're camping, especially. Um, as Bing pointed out, I do tend to keep one in my pocket a lot of times. I actually have the same um, Gerber uh, Parafolds pocket knife. Um, it's just like a cheap folding, locking pocket knife uh, that I've had and I've carried around in my pocket since I got it when I was probably like 12. Um, I actually today in the mail just upgraded to a new fixed blade knife which i won't carry in my pocket all the time but but i think you have uh one of the mora knives right wait right will yeah i have a knife i love it's the little blue mara knife and uh yeah that thing rocks it was so like fancy it's really not expensive though like it looks nice but it's on the cheaper end of the knife scale and um yeah i love that thing i, I like yeah, knives I because they're like they make everything interactive. Like when you're out in the woods, like what can you not like attack with your knife? Well, not attack, but like <laughs> interact with <laughs> gently. Interact what what with kind of camping of are you doing? I guess I just really what I mean is you can whittle and you can like make things out of with your knife and you can like open packages and I don't know. It just it creates a whole new world of, of possibilities. Did you learn any knife tricks while you're at it? I learned the basics, like how to hold your knife, stuff like that. Um, I, I took a like a winter camping class and a, a friction fire ca- class, which is like how to make fire without uh, a lighter for people who are into that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we learned some basic knife skills about like how to make that's, that's one thing. That's one thing I'd really like to be better at is um, with with a, a box of matches, I'm all set to make a fire, but I'd really like to be able to make one with like a um, ferro rod or, you know, like a... a f- some the friction, friction methods i think some of those yeah. would be pretty cool but oh, it's amazing. um hop, hopping back to the knives i actually in the mail today just got um my my very own first uh mora knife because i've heard about them so much from camping because they're also like they're cheap they're really sturdy they're really good hold an edge really well but they're also crazy light because they're all plastic handled and in a little plastic scabbard they're like the size of a steak knife, so they're not huge, but they're plenty of blade for most of what you need when you're camping. Um, and then when I, I tried out Will's last time, or I guess I tried that out while we were camping, while the three of us were camping um, last summer, and loved the knife and um, have wanted one ever since and finally pulled the trigger. 
I'm you know, also waiting on a new fancy folding um, Benchmade pocket knife. So I'm upgrading from my probably wow. $20 folder I've had since I was 12 to uh, this one's like $150. <laughs> That's a significant upgrade. Folding. That's well. Uh, they, they're supposed to be really nice. Um, I've been looking at them for a while. Really excited to get this. It's just nice to have a folder that you can fit in your pocket. Um, obviously, uh, you got to be really careful about like knowing when it's appropriate to have that in your pocket. Um, but I find it's one of those, you put it in there, you forget about it. You never need it until you do. And then when you need it, you're so glad you have it. So I, I always like to have one. Do you, do you get into um, situations where you need it and you, don't, you forgot you took it out because of laundry or something like that? Oh, all the time. And I always, <laughs> always regret it. Actually, around my house, especially when I was in my townhouse, I'm in an apartment now, so it's not as big of a deal. But um, I... I basically would leave knives in different areas. So I'd have one in my basement workshop area. I'd keep one up near my, you know, office area, one in the, on the main floor by my kitchen, one in the garage. That way I'd never have to go walk to go find a knife. I just like <laughs> have them around because it's, you know, you go to open you know, a package, you got to cut some rope. Oh uh, yeah. Know? You know, normally people have like phone chargers around the house. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just knives for you at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Epic, well, so. speaking of that, like I don't think I have any fancy knives. It's um, it's just a simple Letterman for me. Uh, I don't even really use it that much either. It's like you get into situations where you just need to use one tool, but you don't like it's there. It's just nice to know that you have it all, but you just yeah. use one tool all the pack. Oh yeah, totally. Like the can opener or something. For for me, I've got the the Leatherman, which I love. Um, I've got a little mini one skipping around somewhere um a little gerber like keychain sized uh multi-tool it's got the equivalent of like a small swiss army knife um i've got my parafold i was talking about i've got my new benchmade coming i've got the moranev and i've got a gerber bear grills survival knife that thing is like solid um and it looks really impressive the problem with it is it's got one of those hybrid blades where it's like just a flat blade at the top and then serrated for most of the flat face of it. That's not bad. And I find it's useful when you need the serrated part, but anytime you're trying to do anything else, there's not a lot of working non-serrated blade. So it feels kind of like a waste to me. I'd, I kind of wish I got one that didn't have the serrations in it. But what if you need to like what if you need to like eat a steak in, when you're outdoors? Exactly. Or like cut some bread. That's that's really the the prime yeah. use case for it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you Bing? No, just moving on for like after knives. I think I think the best gear that I really like and I think Ethan you 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 recommended this to me too. It's the the tactical flashlight. It's it's an impressive flashlight. That thing is yeah. strong. Nice. Like blind a bear. That that one that I recommended for you Bing, the the range on that is insane. I I got that as a Christmas gift actually. Um, that thing is so, impressive. Like it has different modes, like different levels, and then it has this like turbo mode, where it just goes into strobe mode. <laughs> What's that for? Um, I I think the strobe is usually for like distress signals or scaring off bears and things like that. Some reason um, it always it's always the first thing that comes on when I turn it on. <laughs> a tactical flashlight. The funniest part about that for me is I had that flashlight for like 
three or four years before you asked me what flashlight I had because you had seen it and liked it. And, um, and then you ordered it and were talking to me about all the cool modes. And I was like, what modes it's got on and it's got off. Like that's all it has. And it turns out I just never read the manual with it. And it's one of those where if you click it on, it goes on. If you click it off, it goes off. But if you hold it like halfway, it switches modes. And I never knew that. Yeah, crazy. It is pretty funny. But why is it like tactical? Like that sounds like it's some sort of military thing. Like you're going to like use it to like fight a battle or something. Well, here's the thing. Like the housing on the on the flashlight is made of a pretty tough like aluminum. And everything is like a sharp edge as well. And it's also matte black, which is also cool. So it looks yeah, tactical. Yeah, it's just one of those super angular um, matte black aluminum bodied flashlights, which actually i've been trying to upgrade um just like my everyday carry type of tools which it's funny that you brought up flashlight next because in the package that i got my mora knife i also got a little um olight s3 something or other it's um it's a tiny little matte black pocket size flashlight it's probably three inches long and like half an inch in diameter so it's like the perfect size to fit in your palm but it also like neatly tucks away with a little pocket clip in the corner of your pocket right beside my pocket nice. knife. I feel like I need a good flashlight because almost, I think I have a nice headlamp that I like a lot, but all my like smaller handheld flashlights are just bike lights that I take off my bike when I go camp. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like not very bright. I mean, they're good. It's, I mean, it, you, you ride your bike at night, so you know that yeah, they're good. Like, they're fine. Like I'm not blinding any bears, but yeah. They're fine. Oh, we can we can blast so many. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the mistake of googling tactical flashlight, and my god, is that a internet oh. rabbit hole? Holy! Well, that's that's there's the whole like EDC community, um, which I'm like semi into. I've I've been going down a YouTube rabbit hole recently, which may or may not be why I just bought a brand new pocket knife and brand new flashlight. <laughs> um, that aside, like there's a whole community of people who buy like go through all sorts of different specialized small compact flashlights and knives and you know all all their gear that they can fill out their pockets. Yeah, uh, I even have like a, a tactical UV light. It's it's really for me to like charge up my glow in the dark things for you know for fun, but <laughs> I think I could use it for other things. Yeah, the for, possibilities uh, are if, endless. If you're ever out on the trail and need to solve a murder. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You can you can see everything that's hidden to the naked eye. Yeah, like bacteria. It may or may not be a good thing. <laughs> COVID could be yeah. a COVID thing. Be like, oh look, I can see your COVID. Stay away. <laughs> you know, you know that um, glow in the dark stuff is actually like the most cool thing ever, but like it's the most stupidest thing ever too. Like you shine it, you charge it, you're like, oh that's cool. Now this is pretty silly. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, yeah. on the on the same line as lights, another thing that I really like to bring around, like especially for camping, and the last time I brought it too, is uh, is an inflatable light, like a just something that you can kind of oh, yeah. put away, like flat, and then when you need it, just you know put some air in it, and it's it shines bright, like it's crazy. That was that was really cool. Do you? Do you remember we used that when you were there too, right? Well, when we were, I think we I used think it when we were so. playing the board games. Yes, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen one of those before. Yeah, I think they're yeah. pretty pretty new in the market. I mean, I found one at MEC. 
it was like it's relatively inexpensive you can have different tiers on it like there's even tiers that where you um i think if you charge it enough you can even use it as like a battery bank for your phone and stuff like that if you're in a pinch oh that's cool and then it also has like a solar cell on it so if you're hiking during the day or if you're you know just leaving it around you can leave it in the sunlight and just charge itself i feel like there's a trend right now where there's so many pieces of gear that do eight million things and all of them have a solar charger and a battery bank baked in somewhere <laughs> have you guys ever seen the little um the fire cook stove thing no, um, that also uses so there's this thing i i think i saw it in like a wired magazine article or something in an airport um but it's this uh, contraption where you throw um, wood into it, like wood, small kindling size wood. You probably couldn't fit a log into it. So this vertical thing, and it's designed to be like uh, a jet, um, a jet wood stove. So it's got air holes in the bottom to suck in air and shoot heat out the top. Um, That's pretty and cool. And you can put a thing of water on top to boil, which is the main point. But it also somehow uses the heat energy from the fire to charge a battery bank on it. And you can plug in like your cell phone. Whoa. And also, and it has like a flashlight right. built what? into the side of it. And like, that's like, insane. that's like a turbo, like on the engine, just take up exhaust air and stuff like that. It, I'm not entirely sure what it does, but it was like, it had a crazy ton of features on it it was also the type of thing that like you'd only ever be able to use that while you're car camping or like at a cottage or something where you're walking distance to the car that you could just turn on and also get power that's amazing (laughs) i love that say the name one more time what's say the name again of the i can't remember what it was called um i'll i'll have to google it and see if i can find it okay, maybe we'll maybe we can add notes. it as like a note or something well yeah, i mean we it's should. like you just just google like jet powered water boiling turbo charging uh, contraption over a, a campfire okay I'm, I'm gonna google that thing okay turbo contraption it's the biolite camp stove too well, my uh, my th- my thing I want to bring up is like my favorite piece of gear is actually two things. It is parachute cord and tarping. Um, that's right. Uh, not so high tech. That, that doesn't surprise. <laughs> uh, parachute paracord. I'm a huge fan of tarping. Also a big fan, but it really doesn't surprise me that that's your favorite after our last camping trip. Yeah, paracord and tarp. Amazing. With those two things, you can pretty much do a lot you can set up like a tent situation snow shelter for me when i go to like a car camping type of campsite where there's lots of of different like campsites set up i like to go for a little Mm -hmm. stroll and observe the different kinds of tarping that have been set up and it's kind of like a club like once you start noticing people's tarps you're like wow that person really knows how to set up a good tarp that other person not so much their tarps looking kind of droopy not ideal so yeah, they got, a, I mean, they got a floppy tarp. They got a floppy tarp, and you trust me, you do not want a you gotta, floppy tarp. You don't want a floppy you gotta, tarp. You got to keep that tarp tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I I love um, one of the first things I do is, when I get to a campsite, especially if the weather is kind of spotty. The first thing I do is set up the tarp over like a working area, so that way, worst case scenario, you get caught in rain, or you know, it's super sunny and hot out. It just kind of gives you that extra layer of protection. 
Um, I find it really super useful for group camping. You throw it over like the picnic table uh, when you're doing some car camping. You got a nice sheltered spot to eat, even if it's like I've been caught in some torrential downpours. And they do a surprisingly good job as long as you have good, um, like a good layout for your tarp so there's a good water runoff spot. Yeah. Um, motorcycle yeah. camping, it's super nice because you, you build like, um, what I try and do is cover a bit of the picnic table and a spot to park my motorcycle. So that way it can all get set up. Um, hammock camping, paracord, and tarps are the biggest, like, essential piece for that to, you know, make sure you're sheltered properly. That's it's the, like your the first thing I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so important. And it, there's not all tarps are created equal. Like, definitely there's some cheap, crappy tarps out there. They don't pack well. They don't fold easy. They tear. Uh, they don't handle cold and i learned this you know from ex- bitter experience so like investing in a nice tarp is 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 a good idea you it's know the one much of a the one that you either. got ethan when uh when we went there was a torrential downpour over like at night and stuff like that it, it did a pretty good job was i don't actually remember i have three main tarps i use and i don't remember which one we use i think you use all of them or two I of them i think it least. was one of my ultra light ones that we use there we didn't use my big heavy duty like blue crinkly one did we we I have used one, like, the blue crinkly heavy. one yes oh we did yeah that one's great for car camping um i tried to use it for hammock camping one time and it's just it's too big for that and it traps in way too much heat um, <laughs> and there's no way you could ever use that for backpacking but uh just hopping out of a car those are pretty good yeah um, and you don't want to tarp over a fire would you would you ever tarp uh, over a fire no, I don't. Well, you have to worry you about the can, smoke, right? Uh, you can. You don't tarp directly over it, though. You put it, like, by the fire and over so high enough and at an angle so the heat can vent out. And it really, you'd have to consider the weather outside because if, if you're doing this in the winter, it's a strategy. We'll try during our winter camping, sort of, um, yeah. to Nailed. trap in heat better. Right. Um, but in the summer, it's already hot. True. More heat from the fire, more likely to melt. Um, but for winter camping, tarps are essential, like for catching snow, for uh, helping to manage like uh, heat from a fire. Um, yeah. co- combining carp- tarps with uh, those like uh, like emergency blanket things that are like the crinkly, super reflective things. I don't know the actual name for them, but like they're like just emergency blankets. Yeah, yeah. A thermal blanket. Yeah. Like the combo of like a tarp and thermal blankets are like the basic materials out of which you can build like most survival shelters for winter camping like those two things go a long way a big part of me would always would really like to try tarp camping um but i don't really have the guts to do it yet i'm just like i don't like the thought of that many bugs having that much access to me so i'd have to time (laughs) out that the year like the time to do it perfectly um but just setting up where you're like in a sleeping bag under a tarp in case it rains and i Although cowboy camping is one thing that's a completely different topic. Cowboy that's, camping. That's a big bucket list. Yeah, just uh, just a sleeping bag under the stars. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. I mean, speaking of stars, you have probably had to get to a pretty isolated place for the stars. And to get there, I like to kind of transition into my next um, gear that I like. It's talk about his footwear. Um, cool. I think... I think I've gone through like a, a bunch of different styles of like hikers and just shoes to wear. I could tell you. Why does it not surprise me that Bing likes footwear? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
I could tell you, you should not wear any kind of regular runners, sneakers, court shoes, or anything to the trails. It's like a no-go. I tried it once, and it got ruined. Uh, I kind of almost rolled an ankle. And yeah, going up and down the hills was painful. So I kind of um, for, uh, switched back to just uh, hikers on, you know, just doing your regular trails and just getting to places that are off-road. And one of the things that I really like is uh, kind of like a sneaker boot almost, like where you have the comfort of a, of a runner, a trainer, but at the same time you Wait. have the traction of like a boot. Do you mean like a like a trail runner, like a low, one of the low cut boot? It's like a it's runner, like a trail runner, but like uh, it's more of like a mid cut. Mm, cool. That's yeah, awesome. I think um, that's that's probably the last kind of boot I had. I have one that's kind of falling apart right now, and I really need to replace. Which actually is a perfect segue to our next card, uh, which which is uh, what gear do you really want, and uh, kind of like go into why and. Um, why you don't have that right now. One of my biggest things on my list is just a good pair of boots or shoes. I had some really good Merrill, like the the low-cut boot. Right. I think kind of like what you're talking about, um, and I loved them. They're great, but um, I have the bad habit of not untying my shoes, and then I put my foot in and out, and I just destroy uh, the heels. Oh, yeah, on. you just destroy the um, laces, destroy the, uh, the collar area and everything like that. I do yeah, that too. My, my my Merrells, the back are destroyed. So then I got another pair to replace those. Um, and from what I heard, there are really two schools of thought. My original thought was always um, fully waterproof shoes so you don't have to worry about getting wet feet. Yep. But the more I read into it, the more I read it's really good on long hikes to actually get very water permeable shoes and just get like some good merino wool socks. And that mm. way, um, the thought behind that being when you're hiking – a long way for like backpacking type stuff, your feet are going to get wet. It's kind of impossible to avoid. But uh, if you have water permeable shoes, your feet will dry. Whereas if they're waterproof, they'll just hold the water. And That's true. You're going to have soggy feet all day. I mean, uh, I, so the next I love I got, Gore-Tex. I love Gore-Tex, but like I'd rather have comfy, airy feet than, you know, stinky feet at the end of yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if if you go for some good Gore-Tex, that might kind of make up for it because they are supposed to be breathable and let that moisture out. It's more of if you fall into the cheap middle ground with waterproof, right? Um, or even I think Gore-Tex still won't dry as fast as an airy shoe. No, airy it's like this shoe. ripstop material that it's still even if it's like water permeable or air permeable, it still takes a while. Yeah. yeah. So the the ones I got. I, I read a lot of stuff about them being super good and they dry quick and stuff. I didn't do enough. I thought I did a ton of research, but I got these shoes. I ordered them off the internet. Um, they were Merrell's, so I knew the size. Came in. They fit really well. They're basically water shoes. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> where, like, the big cloth panels are mesh. Like, you can see your socks through these shoes. Those so are cool. They're So fashionable. They're really good in the summer. Um, they're really good sometimes, but... Uh, and, like, I've worn them into the ocean. Um, I've, like done all sorts of stuff with them but they're not really great distance hikers so i really gotta get a good pair um, yeah what what about you what do you what do you really want will what is there any piece of gear you don't have right now that's like the next on you to buy well uh, i would love to get a nice like lantern kind of thing because a lot of the camping i've been doing lately has been less like long distances or difficult conditions and it's been much more social 
And I find mm-hmm. like having things that help create a, like a nice space for socializing, um, I really, I really value. So like going camping with friends, you know, you want different kinds of gear. And I feel like most of the gear I have set up for is mostly just like practical stuff about getting out in the woods and staying there for a while. Uh, but I don't have as much things to like, and I think a lantern is such a good thing for that, for like creating a, a bit of like a, a place for people to gather. Um, that at night that's especially. definitely that's definitely a group piece of camping gear. That's the type of thing that um, you have no need for when you're camping by yourself or like just kind of backpacking. But right. sitting around a picnic table, having a good lantern, having Bing's inflatable lantern that we use. Exactly. Camping, oh, that was fantastic. Um, that was perfect. I yeah. I kind of got a. What I read was a super bright uh, multi-direction lantern, like one of those that shines out in all directions. The thing I didn't think about is it is super bright, just like they described. Uh, I remember that one. Plastic thing. You open it up and you can't see. Like it hurts your eyes <laughs> to look near it. So <laughs> it's like your tactical flashlight. You have everything yeah. bright. Yeah. yeah. You can blind with several bears. <laughs> yeah. The the only time I ever use it is if you could if you have like. Uh, thin white cloth or something you can wrap around it to like dull it yeah that's hilarious that's a bit yeah you gotta think about this like you know i guess it's different pieces of gear good for different things and in my mind like the best piece of gear is the one that that's useful for the most varied number of things so like for me i kind of want a lantern i think I, i will eventually get one but it's also kind of limited in that like it's really just good for one thing which is like sitting at night with friends talking um but like the thing that the beauty of like something so simple like a knife it can be used like so many different ways or, you know, my, yeah. my, my own bias, uh, tarp and, um, parachute cord that the, you know, the world's your oyster with those things. So I think that's really for me, like the, um, the trade-off is like the more specialized you get, like to me, the, 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 the less important, I guess the gear is. So what about you Bing? What, yeah. What do you think? So I think the piece of gear that I really, really want is a nice pair of hiking or camping pants because I can never find something that is, well, one, uh, functional or durable or breathable or any kind of quality-wise in terms of, like, um, you know, the stitching on it and stuff like that. That That is, you know, that is good. Uh, so, I don't know. Pants, shorts, yeah. it's yeah, something I, I want. I, I have a good pair of pants. Um, I've got some some Prana pants. I, I went to uh, Trailhead. You can get just walk into MEC or uh, you know a Trailhead, or for the people in the in the US, REI, any sort of outdoor store, and you can find a lot of good options. Um, I've got some really lightweight. I like going with the super lightweight full length. Um, they're uh they dry super quick yeah um, i think they've got some uh 3m scotch guard so like the the water in wet stuff just kind of runs off of them nice. they've got like my antimicrobial so they smell nice. nice they've got super good ventilation so i like wearing the full pants like that um that are super thin rather than um shorts because what then do you, you have full leg protection too what do you think of a convertible one where you have like zippers on your thighs and you just kind of unzip it to be kind we of had shorts those in middle school i'm not a fan of those um because <laughs> the zippers the zippers dig into too many places if you gotta like kneel down to do something True. the zippers right in your knee there that's that's not doing it for me that and um i just kind of i think they look super dorky yeah <laughs> i go i swear by just jeans you know like i don't know i, I go into mech and i see all these like high like performance wear and i get that like there's a need for that yeah. but nine times out of ten it's like 
for me, keeping it simple, like a nice pair of jeans will get a long way. I mean, I wouldn't. It does. My, like the thing is with jeans, again, it gets uh, kind of restrictive sometimes. Like unless you have like stretchy denim and stuff like that. Like I don't know. For it, me, it's, if you're, it's really if you're talking actual denim too, those don't dry. That's true. True. When you get those wet. They're gonna oh. be wet for a long time. You're gonna get some um, like wet rash, like some diaper rash going on your legs there, where it's like because it shrinks up and it Sounds rubs. Awful. And, um, I find I literally have one pair of camping pants. And I wear them all the time. And then the other thing, too, is they're super thin. Um, but when it gets colder out, I'll throw in a pair of, uh, like, long john base like layer. thermal underwear. Yeah, and then suddenly they're decent for that. And um, actually, I think I might have worn these when we went winter camping. And I put long, uh, long underwear over and then um, snow pants over top when it gets really cold. And for, for winter camping, I also brought some, like, thermal leggings that are actually like running pants but nice. um as like an alternative but uh yeah I, I use those all the time when i go outside i think the Single key pair. thing the key thing is to stay dry isn't it they stay dry and they don't smell when you sweat in them a lot and i sweat a lot so i mean <laughs> like this is the one pair i use and when i'm out in the outdoors i'll use the same pair um if, if I'm backpacking, because you, you got to be super light, my strategy is I bring, um, like, my pair of pants, um, underwear, shirt, and socks for while I'm hiking, and then a separate pair of underwear and, like, usually basketball shorts right. and a separate T-shirt for when I'm sleeping. And if it's going to be cold, maybe an extra pair of socks. And then I let those air dry while I'm sleeping, get up, put them back on, because, like, if you're out for a couple days, you can't really bring multiple you could it adds a lot of weight to start bringing a lot of clothes that's true um do you ever these, do you ever bring stuff they don't really use like you just think that you're gonna use it but you never really use it oh all the time um biggest thing for me um that i bring and have never used poop, poop shovel, shovel. <laughs> i got yeah i got i got a little trowel for you know backcountry camping um and the one thing i I had sort of heard, but I didn't really think about too much. When you go backcountry camping in Ontario, every place I've been, it's um, they've got those thunder boxes because they don't really want you to like go in a hole and leave it there. True. That's you know unsanitary um, and kind of yeah. That's that's not leaving only footprints. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Take only memories, leave only footprints. Um, they they set up the boxes so you don't really dig a hole. Um, normally you, you dig your little, um, cat hole and go there. That's what you get the travel for. Um, I got this like plastic, super lightweight collapsible one where the handle like slides up into the shovel part. Um, I've gone to use it for a couple other things just as like, uh, I have this shovel. I've brought it with me so many times. I've never used it. I should use it for this. Um, like washing dishes, you're supposed to kind of dig a hole to put some of the soapy water in and stuff. And I, when I finally tried to use it the first time, it wouldn't even dig. It's too <laughs> thick. It doesn't dig into the dirt. And this thing was probably like 15 bucks for this plastic shovel that doesn't work. Like, it doesn't do what it's supposed Dude, to. Dude, it, it's just for poop. You know that. <laughs> it would have worked if I was trying to poop. That's that's the key. Just that's the, the poop secret. shovel. Uh, what, about, what about you, Bing? Do you have any any gear that you've bought for something and you just never use? You know, the one thing that... It, it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing that I never use it. It's it's the the sleeping pads. Even though I have it, I rented it. 
um, I just never. I just always forget to use it for some reason. It makes my sleep That's, so uncomfortable. It's it's ridiculous. That that is a weird one. Um, I've never, I've never not used my sleeping pad when camping. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like I have it. I I try to use it, but I don't. I, I don't think I like inflated it or set it up properly. So basically, I never use it. I always forget to that, do this. This is ridiculous. That that one kind of that has me a little speechless. I've <laughs> yeah, like I I've heard of people not using like not having sleeping pads because you know they're trying to save, save weight, uh, like save weight or Space. just cut cost because yeah. like getting that entry level gear can be super expensive. But um, but I've never heard of someone having one and not yet using it. Have you have you will? Is that a thing? I honestly, I was also struck by that. I know, like, I'm, I'm like a baby. I, I need my comfy. That, yeah, wow, that that one kind of threw me there. <laughs> yeah, it, you're it's, tough it's, as nails. It's like the next day, I always feel kind of cranky because everything's kind of sore, but I kind of just power through it anyway. So, it's. I don't know if I could even fall asleep. Wow. Uh, you know, you kind of once you're outdoors, you you're a deep sleeper. Yeah. Amazing. Ping's like a secret how, mutant. <laughs> how about you, Will? Do you pack anything you don't use? I often overpack clothes. I think that's just like a constant for me. I, I, I rarely pack the right amount of clothes. Like, mm-hmm. it's typically to too do. many layers. Yeah, it's so easy. It's, and, as soon as you start thinking, well, I should um, have a back, back up or it's or it's one of those preparedness things. Backup for backup. Yeah. I, I, I always have that military mantra of um one is none two is one three is two like that whole mindset of always bring at least one more than you're expecting like always have a redundancy Um, but when you're when you're backpacking you just can't yeah you can't you and and especially around like uh insulating like staying warm i think that's one of the one of the things where i often overdo it and i have like you know fill up half my bag with like too much too many layers and it's like you just need one good warm you know thing for each layer in my experience i rarely need all the extra stuff i bring like my jam jams never yeah. need those i mean I, you need that to stay cozy at night don't you i mean i miss my jam jams but i don't need my <laughs> jam jams. i i find if i'm car camping and i've got a trunk to fill and I'm just, I'll hit a point while I'm packing and I'm just like, oh, I'll just throw this in. Oh, I'll throw that in. That's when I end up with a lot of extra clothes too. Yeah, that's an easy one. This has been a great episode. We've, we've hit on some great talking points. Please uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check out our website. It's all The Trail Busters. And let us know what you think of the episode. We'd love to hear some feedback. And uh, if you're not already subscribed, definitely subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate the support. For uh, Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. Will. And I'm Bing. We'll see you out on the trail.